this is Coach's Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You're in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Coach's Chat. I'm Betsy Foster, and I'm excited to chat with you today a little bit about movement assessments and programming, um, a topic that I think stumps a lot of new trainers. And of course, you know, there's so much to it. So I'm going to zero in on one small thing today. Um, but I think it'll be helpful. Quick, short episode to help you sort of... Um, refocus your mindset around the movement assessment and around how to view your client's programming as having more potential than restrictions. Okay, so the sound of my dog um, drinking at the water bowl, it has finished. I swear he like doesn't drink all day long and then I sit down to record and his water bowl is outside of the door. And that is the one moment he decides that he is thirsty. So it's it's a very cute situation. So if you heard that in the beginning, that's what that was. Um, so let's talk about sort of the myth of the broken client. This is something that I think is perpetuated throughout personal training in order to honestly make personal trainers feel better about themselves, make them feel like what they're doing is like imperative and um, make them feel necessary, make them feel smart. And, And what I mean by that is if we view our clients as broken and we need to fix them, then we are the only people that have the tools to like help them move. And I'm doing so many air quotes right now. My fingers are gonna... um are going to bruise or, you know, get sore is the right way. Like we, we have the tools to get them moving the big air quotes here, the right way. And I think that mentality is dangerous. I think it's been kind of baked in to personal training because there is sort of like, um, there, there are a few things to it. One is that I think it comes from like a little sibling or, you know, inferiority complex to physical therapists and other medical professionals who kind of without without question um, get credibility from their credentials. And when you have a really smart personal trainer who is, is very much bringing that same level of integrity, that same level of intelligence, that same level of dedication to their particular field, they don't necessarily get um, that same sort of unwavering, unquestioned 
credibility. So I think that's part of it. Like if, if a personal trainer then makes a client feel more broken and that they have to fix them, there's a sense that they are maybe inherently valuable, inherently intelligent, all that kind of thing. So I think that's just a natural thing that has kind of happened without without question. I think in order to sell personal training, the the kind of going going tactic for most mostly taught to new trainers has also been make sure that person knows after their movement assessment what you can do for them and what you're going to big quotations fix for them. You know, how do you inherently show value if you're not showing them what their sort of transformation is. And I think there's there's a lot of value to transformation in terms of helping someone understand the value in a purchase of personal training, but that transformation doesn't necessarily mean you're going from broken to fixed. You're going from wrong, wrong way of moving to right way of moving. So I think those are two ways that those that that idea of the broken client comes into play. I also think, uh, and so I I think that for new trainers who go into a commercial gym setting, who are are going off of simply their personal training certification, who are very new to this sort of um, training in a commercial gym context with real paying clients feel like they have to sort of carry on that mindset too in order for people to take them seriously. If they're doing too many things with their clients and their clients aren't doing them in perfect form, again, big quotes, or their clients don't look like um, an exercise model doing it or an Olympic athlete doing this exercise, then then they shouldn't be doing it and they've got to like stay in the quote unquote safe zone. And that's, uh, comes from, I think a sense of imposter syndrome in that setting. Um, a sense that you, you believe that the other trainers in your immediate space are going to, um, kind of judge you or have something to say about it. And, and that I think is a big part of why then if I tell the client they're not doing this correctly, or if I if I start from the very the most basic thing and I cut out all of these movements because you're not doing them right, then um, then at least I'm in the safe zone in terms of my colleagues or in terms of the people that are looking around. So that's where all those thoughts I think come come into play. This idea that we got to fix the broken person. And I have to say that I think it is directly related to why people don't want to do personal training. Um, Because there is an assumption that you have to get one, you have to get fit to get a personal trainer. Because there's no way that personal trainer can meet you at your fitness level. We know that's not true, but we don't do a good job of showing it. And then equally, I think there's an assumption that like, I got to get fixed. And I got to be honest, I don't think a lot of people like love feeling like they're broken. 
Um, I think people want to feel better. Certainly they say like, this doesn't feel good or I wish I had more energy, but they don't want to think that they're starting at zero or they're starting at a negative. And I think that falling into that trap of the broken client and thinking that you have to program in that way means that you've got clients doing 55 to 60 minute sessions where they're doing all, again, look at my, look at my air quotes through your earbuds. Um, they're doing corrective exercise. What does that even mean? And it's boring, it's not challenging, they're not moving very much. Maybe it's challenging in the sense that like, they're, they're, they're working through something that would benefit something else down the long run. But I'm not, I'm not uh, giving them tangible takeaways of improve strength, improve energy, improve all that in every single session that way. Instead, I'm asking them to play this incredibly long game that for most people who don't like worship being in the gym, don't really want to play that. They want to be in there for max their 60 minute session, or if they might even only commit to that 30 minute session. That's what they want to be in there. They want to work hard. They want to get better. They want to feel like they can do the thing. So it can't be impossible, but they also don't necessarily want to be laying on their back on a table for that long. That's what, that's what going to the doctor is that, and this is a generalization is what physical therapy is training. Hopefully we're, we're past that stage and now we're up and moving. I, I do laying down exercises. I do prone and supine exercises with my clients. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that I hope I'm not doing that the entire time or I hope I'm meeting them at a level that is challenging enough for them. So instead of thinking about that broken client, we want to think about our client instead as an athlete. Uh, And athletes come in all shapes and sizes, all availability levels. I like thinking about that. I like thinking about them as an athlete because I bring that energy to my programming, I bring that energy to the session. So my athlete is coming in with an available training menu. I'm stealing that from um, where I've read it is from Tony Gentlecore. Um, He's a trainer and an educator of trainers. And he talks about this available training menu as what can I push my clients to work hard in? What can I get them sweating in? What can I get them pushing these like 80%, 85, 90% of their one rep max? What can I get them um, really, really training to the point where they're making, their bodies are making adaptations? This is not to say that I won't be trying to work on places where they can improve in mobility, in like motor learning areas, things like that. I'm going to talk about that in a later um, episode. It's not that I'm not doing that. I'm just thinking about like, what do they have right now that is their available training menu? I'm going to train that stuff hard. Okay. So maybe they have great hip mobility, Um, they have like, 
a really good understanding of squat mechanics and I feel like their depth is in a great in a place where I can load them to uh, to the depth that I want them to get. So I'm gonna I'm gonna train that. I'm gonna train it, I'm gonna train it, I'm gonna train it. And then if right now their shoulder mobility is limited, I am not going to put that in maybe the available training menu. Maybe I'm gonna do it in the Maybe they got shoulder movement through the sagittal plane, but not in the frontal plane. So I'm going to train that sagittal plane. And I'm going to then, in my sort of active rest moments, in my warm-up, in my structure, in my program, the moment and the availability to expand that available training menu. So I'm going to take that shoulder mobility and I'm definitely going to work it. I'm going to figure out places to work that in to try to increase that range, um, to try to increase motor control throughout the session and with their homework. But I'm not going to not have them do any upper body exercises or I'm not gonna spend the entire time doing that and missing out on what their available training menu is. And so then what I'm ideally doing programming wise is if I'm a really good trainer, that available training menu is just expanding. It's expanding, expanding, expanding from every mesocycle that I've got. So 12 weeks from now, I'm hoping that I've got a few more things that I can can train hard, a few more exercises, a few more movement, um, a few extra degrees of range of motion because I have not just spent the entire time doing corrective exercise or pretending to be a physical therapist. Don't pretend to be a physical therapist when you're not. Work collaboratively with other professionals. You are the trainer, train that individual. So I think when we come in to a movement assessment, when that person comes in and I think instead, I'm gonna watch this assessment not to see what they do wrong, but instead to see what they've got already. What can I train? And then what can I do to increase their available training menu? So again, I'm not looking at them in that movement assessment to see what are they doing wrong? What can I fix? Instead, I'm looking at the movement assessment to see what's available for me to train right now, and what am I gonna program moving forward to increase that available, um, those available training options moving forward. No wonder people are like bored and tired and a little bit like, uh, I don't know the word, it's, it's, I'm blanking on it right now, but like bitter about their training job when they're going like, this person can't do this, 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 and this. Well, yeah, if you look at it that way, of course it is. Instead, this client can do bop, 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 bop. And then I'm gonna, (laughs) that sounded ridiculous. (laughs) This client can do bop, 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 bop. But I'm I'm serious, that client can do that. And then I just wanna, I'm just gonna keep adding to it. I'm gonna keep adding to it until that person can do all the things they want to do. And maybe some of the stuff that I want them to do. It's all about perspective. I mean, you wanna talk about um, getting smarter, getting better at your job, getting, you know, getting, um, increasing your professional uh, abilities. Part of it is about how you look at it. 
And that really changes what you bring to your client's session in and session out. All right, let me know what you think about this. I wanna talk about it. It's one of my favorite topics because I think it it truly separates the, um, the bitter people kind of begrudgingly doing their job and the people who are like training their clients with passion and fire. Um, as always, you can hit me up in the Instagram DMs at foster underscore strength. Or you can go uh, and send me an email, Betsy at B, the letter B, fosterstrong.com. All right, if you are getting anything out of these podcasts, I would ask, if you don't mind, just swing over to the um, rate and review section. Drop a, a rating, and if you have a few seconds to write a sentence or two about what is helpful here, it It goes a long way to getting other people to listen. And I think we've got some really good conversations to have about kind of elevating our profession and giving each other the tools to succeed more and and deliver more to our clients. So if, if you're able to do that, please, please do. All right, until next time, bye.